and welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Where we remember what everybody else has forgotten. As always, it is Nick Cameron, also of Glacial Musical, and I'm moving my microphone around to get the gain right. Sorry about that. And I'm joined by my good friend and member of the Leeds Musical Landscape, Duncan Evans. How are we doing today? Hello, Nick Cameron. I'm doing okay. Yes, I'm all right. Things are pretty good. And, you know, we're alive. It's New Year's Eve, so rock and roll. And as we do this on New Year's Eve, we decided to do something a little bit festive. We have actually referenced this band at least 475 times. At least 9,476 times. Yes, and we frequently, and we have actually used, we have actually used lines from this band to describe songs and albums. You know, if we really told her to smell the glove, that would be terrible. <laughs> That would be terrible, but if it's a joke, <laughs> she, like, then it's fine. Is it sexy or sexist? Now, what's wrong, what's wrong with being sexy? There's such a fine line between stupid and clever. It's a fine line indeed. <laughs> let's, let's move it on, move it on. Right. No apologies. We are, we are talking about right. the second album by Spinal Tap, Break Like yeah. the Wind. Break this Like album, the Wind, yeah. Which is probably an even even better title than than the the none more black record which i don't even remember oh god smell oh it was called smell the glove duh but yeah it was because yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> come on nick stay with it we remember sorry, what everyone sorry, else has forgotten we, it, we remember what everyone else has forgotten we don't forget what everyone else has remembered right that anyway true. that is true let's let's do this. i'm sorry this let's is so this. funny it's, it's just getting me i know i, I know but to let's do a little bit of background on this one before we. Yeah, I'm relying that. on you for the background because oh, I, there's there's I, quite a bit. I know nothing. I know nothing. So Spinal Tap, of course, is an American invention. It is three American writer comedians: Michael McKeon, uh, also also known for his role as uh, Lenny on Laverne and Shirley, uh, also yeah. from a thousand other millions of movies. He was also on SNL for a short time in the 90s during the one of the reboots. Christopher Guest, who is also known for The Princess Bride, Best in Show, and a thousand other movies. He is a, he is a movie... He was a filmmaker. Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. He's a filmmaker. A movie man. Yeah. But when he makes a movie, there's almost no script. So it takes hours and hours yeah. and hours because they have to improvise all their lines. I know the feeling, man. I know Which the feeling. Really, it's a bit it's like life. Really cool, and it works out well. And then, of course, Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer, also known for his stint on Saturday the Night Simpsons Live. The Simpsons and The Simpsons. Yes, he started on SNL as a writer. And there yes, you, he you is, know about this, this he, shizzle. Yeah. He is on The Simpsons, of course. He, he plays many roles on The Simpsons. He plays Mr. Burns. He plays, um, he played Apu, I think, for a long time. To the yeah, time. let's not go there. Just, just let's move just past that. to an Indian actor. He also <laughs> played Mr. Smithers. And he is just an amazing, amazing voice actor. Uh, also, yeah. he had a great cameo as Handsome Dan in yeah. the Wayne's World movie. So. Yeah, man. Everybody knows 1984's Spinal Tap, and that is just the gr one of the greatest movies of all time. And if you have not ever seen it, stop the podcast right now, go watch it, come back, because this is not yeah. going to make a whole lot of sense. But in 1992, with Break Like the Wind and their second movie, which I forget the, like, I think it's just called The Return of Spinal Tap, which is the second. Wait, movie. they did they did a second movie? I didn't even know this, man. It's it's just a concert video along okay with, it's a concert video and a little bit of um like backstage interviews it's it's nothing interesting yeah, i've never seen it i don't I, I would not i would i think i've watched little bits and parts of it it is not what i would call required viewing uh no but with all of this happening spinal tap then goes on their very first legitimate tour Yes, they tour. They even perform at a concert for life for Freddie Mercury at this time. Wowzers! Because they could really play. These guys, it wasn't like they had stunt doubles who were playing in the past. They actually played everything, and they're pretty damn good at it. Basically, like better than 
most of those hair metal bands. I mean, there's some great hair metal bands. We know it's not really my thing, but I also love it secretly, you know. Um, and these guys are at least as good as any of them because they can do all the... We do rock and roll, country and western. Like, they can do all the different... Yeah, it heavy is, end metal. We do heavy end metal. It is absolutely crazy how well these guys play. And they do another musical movie down the road called yeah, A Mighty good. Wind, which is in another amazing yeah. movie. About the folk scene, which I've never seen. Right. I've never seen the scene of the folk scene, but you need to tell me about it. In this one, the three guys, Harry uh, Harry Shearer, Michael McKeon, and Christopher Guest portray a folk band called the Folksmen. And they play all their Very much like the Thamesmen. Very much yes. like the Thamesmen. Yes. There you go. There you go. I need to cut in here. And the, the reason why I need to cut in is because I'm sorry, I'm completely breaking you. I'm not sorry, actually, but I'm completely breaking your train of thought. The umlaut on Spinal Tap, according to Wikipedia, which can be edited by anyone at any point in time, of course, is on the N. You can't have an umlaut on an N. Is that correct? That is correct. The, the umlaut right? goes in German, which is where they got it from. It yeah. only goes over U's. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, doesn't. it only goes over vowels. Okay. Where can it goes over O's. umlaut go? O's, U's, and... I'm, I apologize. It is only the O. Not U. I got, U. I got it. I got it. No, it's only O. I got it backwards. It's not. It's not. You can go on the U. You can say... The letter O with the umlaut right, appears right. in the German alphabet. It represents the umlauted form of O resulting in O-E or O with a line through I'm going to prove you wrong, man, because this is correct. The letter is often... But you do this. You do this. You do I this. I think you're... Doing... See... It's Motley Crue getting... put an umlaut over theirs. All right. I, I will agree to disagree on that. But let's, let, anyway, sorry, okay. I cut you but off. You and I'm not sorry. An... I, I, I made no apologies. Go on. You cannot yeah. put an umlaut over an N. That you is... cannot put an umlaut over an N. That is forbidden. Correct. Makes no sense. By Black Sabbath. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm trying to... <laughs> are you, are you co-opsing? Can we try and crack it? Right. Radio silence, radio silence, fill this air, radio silence. Oh God, if we're gonna okay. if we're gonna bring it's festive. up let's not bring up black Sabbath. Let's not bring up let's not bring up laxatives, Gigi Allen. No, I'm sorry, man. I've lost the plot. Okay, come on, come on, come okay. on, stay with focus me. Up, focus stay with me. We, focus we up, are, focus up, focus we are up, focus obviously up. Focus up. Focus up. We are obviously in a festive mood today, feeling good. So I know. Yeah, Chill so out, the Chill idea out. of Spinal Tap, of course, as everybody knows, was that they were just the most ridiculous, ludicrous band in the world. You know, they exactly and the best. Yeah, and the best. They took all and of the worst and the worst. They took all of the heavy metal tropes and stereotypes that everybody said they were that the metal was, and they made them. But when I, so I didn't get in on Spinal Tap contemporarily. I was only eight when the first movie comes out. It's rated R. Of course I don't see it, because my parents had some dignity. Not much, but they had some. <laughs> and so when they come back again in the in the early 90s, I actually thought they were a real band. I didn't know until I saw really? the movie. Wow, wow. Well, I can remember, like, at this time... They literally were everywhere. When they went on tour, they didn't do a tour playing clubs. They did arena. They did an arena tour. They played the twenty thousand yeah, seat shed here. And... I'm gonna have to pick you up on your use of the word literally. But apart from that, I mean, but yeah, no, sorry, I know I'm joking. But I should not, I'm not use sorry. The word literally, I, so much. I will never apologize ever again. Okay. So um, this is today's word of the week. It's the week's word of the day. But anyway, they they were playing the big venues, which is, I mean, Weird Al Yankovic doesn't play those. Exactly, exactly. And Weird Al Yankovic is a is a legitimate musical icon that everyone loves. So the idea sure, and the conception of them playing these venues is unfathomable. Totally. They did it. And that's because at this time, they were everywhere. I remember yeah, at this time, uh, Saturday Night Live goes back in, goes into syndication for the first time. So yeah. Comedy Cent the Comedy Central channel, which I don't know if you have in Europe or not. but We have a version of it, I think. I don't have it. But, okay. Yeah. But yeah, Comedy Central it, was showing episodes of Saturday Night Live 
truncated. They would show hour-long versions of, of SNL instead of the 90-minute ones. And there was one weekend where they were playing, where VH1 was doing the music of Saturday Night Live. So they were playing all the live performances of the songs. And they said, yeah, we're yeah. not Chili Peppers and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, Spinal Tap. Yeah, exactly. And Spinal Tap was like the Blues Brothers. They were in character the whole time. There was never any... They they didn't break character. They went in. They were. They just they broke were. like the wind instead of breaking character. Correct. They broke. They broke, yeah. they broke like the wind instead. Exactly like the wind. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think at this point in time, we can just go on and on and on about uh, everything that they have done and everywhere they have been, or we can just dive into the track by track because this is a longer album than the first one. It is fourteen <laughs> tracks. It is. I didn't know if the last one was a bonus track or not, but um, apparently, yeah, the one I listened to was 14 tracks, yeah, so 14. let's roll with that. How about let's that? roll with that. I am not going to, I'm probably not going to make many puns this week because it might come off as a little offensive here and there. Well, the problem is the puns are already there. So that I mean, is true. We, so we don't need do you mean, to. Hang on, Nick. Do you mean you're not going to make any puns this time? Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. oh God, that was awful. Uh, track one is, track one is in the, the, the festive and inviting title, Bitch School. Bitch School. Yeah. Well, we've all been to Bitch School. Um, <laughs> So basically, we know um, what it's about, and it's this whole thing about all those 80s bands talking about all that stuff, like a bit like Anvil did, and you know, um, but you know, so basically the riffs, yes, the riffs, absolutely. The melodies, yes. Obviously it's a joke, but it works. The thing is, this is better than the bands that were actually saying this because there's a sense of consciousness about it, there's a sense of like they kind of like I like Iron Maiden. I always say about Iron Maiden, don't I? It's ridiculous. Like they're singing about the most ludicrous stuff, but they believe it while they're saying it. In the same way that John Lydon believes the nonsense that he's speaking while he says it. Yeah. And so this is a joke, but they also kind of believe it. And it's like the school of cock rock, and it's great. Um, the production's amazing. <laughs> The vocals are cool. It's like this growly, melodic thing. Really good balance of that. And the drum sound is amazing. I, I know we always have this debate about John Bonham drum sounds, and you think nobody nobody topped Bonham on that. But I think maybe some people came close or about the same. This is like you've got the... Na what year was this again? Remind me. 1992. So you've got basically the... And it reminds me of another song, but anyway, you've got... The John Bonham thing, but they've just come out of the 80s, so it's not got that overly wet, gated, uh, ambient, keyed ambience, they call it, thing. That, it's more like a just a nice, natural reverb, still big, still huge, but we're in early 90s territory, looking back to the 80s. So it's kind of like Guns N' Roses, but, but more stupid, looking back to the ridiculousness of the 80s before Guns N' Roses made it a little bit edgy again, which is like actually cool, basically. Um, there's some little melodic solos and the lyrics are hilarious. We won't we won't repeat the lyrics here because a we haven't got time and b like there's it's kind of offensive to everyone on the planet probably. But read them and weep, you know. So there we go. And I probably said everything there. So great description. <laughs> I, I I will point out a couple of things. The first thing is I forgot to mention the first credited appearance of Nigel Tufnell. Yeah. is on a Laverne and Shirley record by Lenny and the Squigtones, where Michael... Lenny McKinney... and the Squiggletones? Squigtones. Squigtones. I don't even... Right, I've never... I... Sorry, what, what is this, Nick? Have we gone into... I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Go Did on, you ever watch... So, okay, so I'm older than Duncan, and in 50 years it won't matter, but now it's significant. And exactly. When I was five, six, seven, eight there was a show called Laverne and Shirley. And Michael okay. McKeon played a side character on that show named Lenny. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And so when I was talking to my the bass player in my whole <laughs> band one time about, I didn't realize they weren't real. And he, he looked at me and he goes, you didn't notice that the that David St. Hubbins was Lenny? Yeah, and I right. Went, Wowzers. Oh, yeah. So 
he and Guest go way back, way back. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. Christopher Guest played guitar on the Lenny and the Squigtones album as Nigel Tufnell. Lenny and the Squigtones. It's crazy. See, I didn't, I didn't know any of this, but you're, you're educating me. This is, I this held, is a, a mutual I, education seminar session, you know, as it always is. Nick. I had yeah. a copy of it in my hand once, but they wanted oh, yeah. $50 for it. Yeah, and yeah, I thought well, to myself, I'm probably going to be probably going to be happier with the fifty dollars. Exactly, with exactly. <laughs> That's the problem with vinyl, man. You know, vinyl's great, but like, you know, the the charity shops have worked it out now that people actually like vinyl. So it's well, like, it, nah. Now they put it in the the thrift thrift stores, yeah. as you would say. Here, They've worked it, it out. It, you get the soundtrack to the Sound of Music scratched a million times, eight or bucks. you get. <laughs> Yeah, even that will be, and then you get like um, you know, Captain Captain Cheeseface and the mongoose monkeys. I don't know. That's that's probably offensive. Let's move on. Let's All go. Right. Uh, second the, track. Oh, there was a second thing I wanted to mention. Oh, I forgot what it was. Now it'll come back up. The so, next the, track. The second the thing is the track. The next track is probably my favorite track on the album, and there was a video for this one. It is amazing. It is called "The Majesty of Rock." The Majesty of Rock. Yes, the video is great. It's got the Queen's head dancing around. I kind of half watched it and was half typing. It's utterly ludicrous, but it's like, the thing is, this is the Pistols, but it's not the Pistols. It's like, the, you know, the whole, um, what's the word? Um, iconoclast, iconoclasm. If I thing, could, right? they're not the Pistols, but they are right. taking the piss out of everything. Yeah, you've got there. That's your your Britishness is coming out. You're learning well, Nick. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate you. That's what you would say. We say I appreciate it. You say I appreciate you. So I appreciate you. But they're basically yeah. His vocals are like Ian Anderson. It's clearly to me he's doing an Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull, big style, and it's kind of the shittest thing you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> kind of. But it is hilarious. Nick's cracking up. Nick's falling down. We need to. <laughs> it's the game, man. So, but it's funny, and the solos are stupid. The keyboards are overblown, but somehow, even though it's utterly, utterly, utterly horrendously terrible, it's just sort of cool. And they can seriously play like the darning of the sock is one of the lyrics. Like they're going like the majesty of rock with the darning of the sock. I've got a sock right here. It's not even mine. It's from anyway. It's a long story. These ones are mine. I've got two of them. Anyway, um, that, that that was socks I was holding up. By the way, this is audio only. So just just in case anyone gets confused. So definitely the festive episode. This one. So um, that's it. It's kind of Christmassy as well with the with the sort of Christmas percussiony vibes. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, it's terrible, but it's great. Again, if they were saying she really had to smell the glove. This would then be that's awful. terrible. Yeah. What they're not really saying is the joke, <laughs> is it? So it's fine. Right. And <laughs> what's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> love it. Love it. What I makes this song great is. Hang on. It, I just stepped on my own. Carry on. This is actually what I wanted to mention earlier. This album actually hits at the right time to blow up. Because we are now post Smells Like Teen Spirit blowing up. Smells Like Teen Spirit was 1991. Wasn't it? Is it? I thought it was Hang 93. Hang, no, it's not. You're probably right. 92. Because uh, he. You'll be right. You'll be right. Let me see. Teen Spirit. Mm -mm -mm. Looking it up. Yeah, 1991. Smells Like Teen Spirit was released One... September 10th, 1991. Yeah. Four months before this album, I'm sorry, five months, five months before this album. And that song blew up and all of a sudden it made hair metal look ridiculous. So here they come out and they, in the majesty of rock, the video of this one, there's a shot where they're on these like the, the these cascading cliffs of Dover and you, the yeah, yeah. hands to this wall of Marshall stacks that goes for like three miles. Yeah, man. And then there's Christopher Guest playing. Mine go for four miles. Yeah, four miles. Mine then, go for five miles. <laughs> and then sorry, it shows Christopher Guest that. wearing a body glove. No, sorry. 
a body glove wetsuit and his guitar has five humbucking pickups on it. It's not enough, man. Richie Black. Have you heard the right? I'm gonna stop you there. Have you heard the Richie Blackmore thing? Hmm. Right, okay. So Rich pause, you know, these ones go to eleven, that whole yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where they are. Right. So there's this documentary. I do not know where it was, where I found it. Who knows? I was watching it once as a kid, teenager, young adult, no idea. But basically, they're talking about Spinal Tap and they're interviewing lots of different rock dudes from the scene, right? And they go to Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple and they say, like, everybody's laughing at this whole, these ones go up to 11 type of thing. And Richie Blackmore with an absolutely straight face and you can't, it's completely deadpan. You don't know if he's joking or serious. He goes, but what I think about it is irrelevant because all of my amplifiers actually do go up to 12. <laughs> and it's like, they probably do. They probably literally do. He probably literally has custom amplifiers that go up to 12 for that reason. And like, but Richie Blackmore is another thing. When, when we've talked about him, when the rainbow. Well, of course it's well, louder. It's 11. It's one louder. One louder. That's a good accent, Nick. You're doing Thank well, you. man. Thank you. My, it's better than my Southern American, which I'm not even going to. I will say, I'm not gonna try it. when I was on my vacation with my family on the East Coast this year, there's this game, this iPhone game called Heads Up. It's probably yeah. on Android too. Basically, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's like charades or Pictionary or something like that, but yeah. you act it out. And one of them was yeah. accents. And my wife's friend's kid goes, this one is so terrible. Nobody, we can never do anything on this. And I'm like, no, 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 let's do accents. And all of a sudden, yeah. we scored, with me doing it, scored higher than anybody else. Language is like my deal. I can actually do accents a little bit from time to time. I can't do any accent apart apart <laughs> from the worst, the worst Southern American. See, that's obviously ridiculous. Oh, but... see. Let me see if I can do my, my is that, is that All right, let's get on to Diva Fever. Diva Fever. Sounds a bit cockney. Let's get it on. Let's get it on to track number three, Diva Fever. Where, where have we gone now? Diva Fever. That was right. almost not horrible. I mean, that was like... I was, was almost not horrible. That's the best compliment it's, I've It's had on the day. line between, between, between stupid and clever. Exactly. Just on that line. Between, exactly. That's where we want to be. So... This has a great, this has got a swing beat, heavy rock thing. So it's a, and then they start saying it's spraying on me. <laughs> and it kind of is. And then it goes a bit faster, slightly thrashy, punky, ridiculous. What well, we're talking about British accents. They're doing the accents on this. Um, I'm forgetting which, are we, have we just started Diva Fever? Are we on just beginning? We're on this, aren't we? Basically, we're on Diva Fever. Well, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that because we're talking about accents and then we're going back to accents. So, and then it has a stupid twiddly solo, which is stupid. But again, because there's that sense of lucidity and consciousness about it, like they know what they're doing and they do, it's perfect. It is the line, the right on that line between terrible and the best thing ever. And it, and then that's when you, that's when laughter breaks the ice and breaks the wind. Yeah. So seriously, that's good. I like it. That's as, it's at least as good as the running of a vole. Which, if you look at the lyrics, the, the the chorus lyrics from The Majesty of Rock is just the greatest thing ever. Anyway. because it, Yeah, it, man. I, I, I just want to go back to that for just one second. No, you, do it, do it, do it, do it. If you pay it, attention it, to, because, like, you know, it's, you know, the, the darning of a sock, the farmer takes a wife, the, the, the miner in his coal, and he goes on like that. And then he gets, like, confused. He starts, like. The, the lyrics change and it's like something the fisher and his pole and at the end it's like the farmer takes a pole and i'm just like oh my god this is hysterical <laughs> anyway diva fever still, yeah yeah man uh great solo i mean christopher guest i'm not sure if anybody there's i think there's one guest solo uh yeah there's one guest solo oh wait no no no, no. here we go yeah, there's a couple guests, just, a lot of guest solos actually. So I don't know of how many of these Christopher Guest actually played, because Jeff Beck is doesn't on, matter. Jeff Beck, Steve Lukather, Joe Satriani, oh, okay. Slash, Steve yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Dweezels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dweezil Zappel played this one. Okay, so some of the real tech stuff they did actually get some people in, so they were probably a bit more meat and potatoes, okay. as that you might makes, say. But that still. makes sense. That makes sense. But I love. Yeah. I mean, again. We are in the post Nirvana era where hair metal yeah. is looked down upon. So this this album that is completely hair metal. I mean, it's totally glammed out. It is not like like the first one. the 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 soundtrack to Spinal Tap was closer to Deep Purple 
closer to proto metal really than this. This is actually just straight up hair metal glam. And it's great. And it's 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 great for what it is. And what it is is hysterical. So yeah, if you don't like that, just begin again. Just begin again. Well, I've I was making all sorts of question question quicker questions, connections with this one, but um doesn't matter. Beg in again, begin again, big in again. And anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. But basically, it's absolutely awful. Um, ballads, rock, it's the rock ballad. It's bad, man. But but it's also great because, again, it's shit, but it's good shit, basically. And um, the harmonies are cool. The orchestration is very musical theatre. The chord sequences are too. This is a musical theatre, stupid, ludicrous, overblown pile of utter horrendous steaming turd nonsense but the vocals are amazing the whole thing's amazing and listen to this listen to this bit this is lyrics make the bastards eat their words like bumblebees and hummingbirds life is just life is just a dream an unconscious stream and it's like do you know what you could actually sing that as a kind of um you know some kind of political protest shouty song and it would be yeah like so they're doing this works on works on different levels. We got two levels, zero and eleven, like, but you know, binary mate, something like that. Um, and it's a steady halftime shuffle thing with some acoustic electric guitars and some, and the drums sound amazing. And that's all I got for this one. This one, I mean, if you wanted to do the ultimate cheesed out hair metal song, hair metal power ballad, nailed it. And what do they do? They bring in share. Just sing yes. co-lead vocals on this. The whole time I'm listening to that. You know, I didn't know that. I didn't actually know that. I didn't realize yeah. who it was until I checked the notes. But I mean. So the sharing with share. Yeah, the sharing. Share. share is sharing with them, I would say. Sharing is caring, but you spell it with a C. And then we correct, yeah, correct. And, and then go. Steve Lukather is the one playing the guitar on this one. Steve Lukather, famously of Toto, one of the greatest guitar players ever to walk the face of the earth. Again, yeah. another big twiddly solo. All the solos are big and twiddly and crazy, and I love them. That's yeah, man. I mean, I, you know, I hate them, but I love them. You know what I mean? Like, I hate them, but I love them. You're like Joan this Jett. Is... You, you hate yourself for loving them. I hate myself for loving you, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, right. Sorry, we're in festive mode here. Right. So how do we pay for your services, Nick? Uh, cash on delivery, please. Exactly. So this is track five, Cash on Delivery. It's got nice big stomp drums, okay? Um, it's got this cool blues metal riff that gets more and more chuggy. You've got the... The vocals are like a combination between Cookie Monster vocals and a country drawl. So it's like... Something like that. It's not like, and guess what they do, Nick? They get the gospel choir in, which we always talk about how there's a very cool, I love gospel choir stuff. I love like, you know, spiritualized. I love when Nick Cave gets the gospel choir in, but sometimes when it's in the wrong place, you go, oh no, it's the hair metal band. have got the gospel choir in to try and become something they're not and it doesn't work. This works. How do they do it? This works. The gospel choir is there in hair metal where it shouldn't be but it works what and then strictly cod like not cid but cod which obviously spells cod let's not go there that could mean a multitude of things but there's a bass solo as well bass solo and then when they get to counting one two three four they say three four five six and then add seven on the end as well and it's like this is cool. It, it's undeniably cool. It's ludicrous. It's all wrong. Everything's in the wrong place, but it's never been so right ever before. It's great. If I could reference one of my favorite uh, British television shows, Red Dwarf, there's an episode. Oh, yes, you may. You may reference your favorite TV show, Red Dwarf. You may. There you may. is an episode of Red Dwarf, one of the early series, where they were celebrating Rimmer's death day. And... I remember. Yeah. So they're 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 drunk, they're back on the ship and they're eating a late night snack. Uh Lister's favorite uh triple chili cheese fried egg and chutney sandwich. And yeah. Rimmer's eating it and he goes, This sandwich is you. It's all wrong. None of the ingredients go together. 
but when you eat it, it comes out right. Just like you. Look at you. You're slobby. You have no ambition. And everybody likes you. Unlike me, I have ambition. I always have a pen. I'm on time. Total smeghead. And that exactly. And that is this. And I will say this song harkens a little bit back to the first the first record. It's probably the only song that's close to that because it, it reminds me of um uh GSM, uh, aka Gimme Some Money. Gimme some money. Yeah, that was all right. We can quote up to ten seconds for um, without getting sued. Yeah, okay. just in all case right. pe- in case the powers of the be, they're not, it's fine. Don't worry. Oh, Roger Waters and Roger Waters, yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's it's more of a fun song. It's 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 yeah. Interesting, you bring up the gospel choir because in five years, every hair band is throwing the gospel choir into their power ballad in their post Nirvana records. Yeah, is, man. This, is this the first one? Did they hear this and all go, "Oh, damn"? You know what that. That is entirely possible. Can you imagine if that was actually true? That, that, that's the, this is the egg that created the chicken of the chicken and egg situation where you end up with Poison and all those other bands like going gospel choirs are just what we need. And it's like, yeah, we love gospel choirs, but like, do it with Nick Cave or do it or, with or, Spiritualized or just do gospel choirs on their own. Like the, the, the Pink genuine Floyd. spiritual Pink, Pink Floyd. Floyd. Yes, 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 yes. But you don't know, put it in hair metal unless you're Spinal Tap. Right. Correct. Oh, very cool. All righty. Yeah. Moving on. Next track is The Sun That Never Sweats. The Sun Never Sweats. Yeah, well, it's this is I guess that's a fact because it's it's a very hot thing, is the sun, but why doesn't it sweat? And I like I like their clever wordplay there. They're um hang on, I've got a I've got a no, I had a good joke and it's gone. Um a cunning linguist, this person must have written this, but um so it's a shuffling kind of dark Dio sort of thing. It's very Dio. Cheesy vocals, a bit silly, not heavy enough. I'm starting to slightly lose interest now. The Hammond's taking over, the Hammond organ. It's like early Rainbow before they'd become kind of heavy metal when they were still sort of, nah, we're not sure. Are we rock? Are we blues? Are we ripping off Jimi Hendrix with that song that's exactly the same as Little Wing but is slightly different? Um, can't remember what it's called, but you know, and we've got the stupid Disney cover. It's like that. It's too repetitive. I like the drum sound again, but this for me is meh. Lose. There's too many tracks on this album. Lose it for me. Yeah, yeah. Good hook. The the first album I think was about forty minutes, and it was only about nine or ten songs. And that was yeah, the this right is number. 50 minutes. Yeah, this is 50. So it's one, it's one song too many, basically. You can't fit it on one vinyl without losing some bass frequencies. Right. So there you and go. comedy music is a lot like death metal. It's, it can only go so long before you get tired of it. And there we go. So it gets it does get a little bit of tiresome. And frankly, uh, I would also say the next track, uh, Rainy Day Sun, this is when I, I don't need this one either. They're trying to do like, you know, Beatlesy influence, you know, smashing pumpkinsy kind of glowy yeah. stuff. And it's it's just it it sticks out and it's not necessary. You know what? I agree, but I'm I liked it a bit better. And you know the word I'm gonna what's the word I'm gonna use, Nick? That I always have to use on every podcast episode ever. Interesting. No, the other one that I we both use interesting, but the one that oh. I use that begins with P but sounds like S. Uh, Psychedelic. Oh, there, oh, ma'am. I'm not working today. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. We're, we're, we're chilling. It is psychedelic, so, though. That is true. I it is. It's like a good impression of the George Martin trippy psychedelia thing. You've got the telephone filters on the vocals. You've got the hard panning with the strings on the left. I think they were and. You know what? It's it's all right. I I liked it better than you. You've got the flan the flanger on the drum fills, like the um when the levy breaks flanger kind of. Um, it does get cooler and gets a bit more Sid Barrett era Pink Floyd. Um, and then I by the end I actually started to really like it. So, I, yeah, I kind of started where you were, and then by the end I was like, actually, yes, I like this. They do a 
weird it doesn't quite fit with the rest of the album but because it's a joke album that's okay is what i'm trying to say yeah when on the first one when a song didn't quite fit it made sense like because they did a psychedelic one on the first one too which i forget the name of and but that was they were showing like how spinal tap grew and changed over the years it it wasn't exactly. an album it was a soundtrack to a movie and yeah. when they when they did that they showed spinal tap looking like pink floyd sid sid barrett era pink floyd doing the the kaleidoscope visuals as well like on piper and the gates of piper at the gates of dawn this one it just you know it just, it, it, yeah, it was sure, too man. good at what it does and what it does i don't like i agree i agree well i don't fully agree but you know what yeah i i get it you may not agree but you understand and empathize yeah i i totally totally get it man i i, I get what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah moving yeah, on yeah. into the title track break like the wind all right well this is like what have i written boom boom because it starts with that that kind of heartbeat rhythm thing but with some synths on the top and this is the dark ballad this is like we're going down into a pit of despair. There's not enough oxygen for me down there. But with your love, I can feel you. And it's obviously, I'm joking, I'm being silly, but it is like that. And I've thought that it's a bit like Devin Townsend's cheesier stuff. But obviously, this is pretty much quite a lot before Devin Townsend was doing any. I mean, Devin Townsend, I love, by the way, but he's got some cheese that I don't love. Um, you know. Is it brie or is it Swiss cheese? Um, it is it's cool. American it's, cheese is what it is. This is a pot of American cheese. The production's fantastic. The vocals are great. The acoustic guitar solo is cool. And they quote from Air on a G-String, which actually has it, it's Handel's Messiah, isn't it? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. It's Handel's Messiah. And someone just reminded me of that earlier. Anyway, it's a long story. Um, but then it gets big and rocky in a cool way. And it's what I would call rock of ages music. Um, because back in the old days, there was a, a club near where I live, lived, which is, um, which was called rock of ages. And they just play all the old school rock music and people would dance around like lunatics. And it was like, for me, I kind of thought most of it was a bit on the terrible side but you love it when you've had a few drinks or whatever not that i drink anymore by the way but um anyway so that's it that's what i have to say about this it's great for what it is i think at this point i'm starting to it's like okay you've done the joke we've got the joke but if you change it too much now it's going to sound wrong but if you just keep doing the same thing it's going to be boring so it's like i just need them to turn that corner and are they going to do it or not is my that's my question so you can tell me what they did next that that's a great description because this this one is another like lyrically speaking it's a lot like um <clears throat> the majesty of rock where they're doing these you know goofy lyrics and it's fun it's great but we are on track eight and we still have six more. Exactly that. Exactly that. And sorry, I didn't, I'm being a bit too eager and I'm not letting you give no, your you're fine. Um, you're fine. things on the what's it. So yeah, sorry about that. But I'm um, not sorry. I'm never sorry for anything. Moving on into stinking up the great outdoors. All right. Well, stinking up the great outdoors is something that um, I enjoy doing. Um, and actually, environment. this is an environmental song. It's not, but it could be an environmental song now, couldn't it? Because, you know, lots of things stink up the great outdoors. But anyway, this is like they're going back to their supposed fictional skiffle roots when they were the Thamesmen. So it's like blues skiffle metal. And you know what? They turned that corner that I wanted them to, to turn where it's like, okay, yeah, you've done this. You've actually made it work. I'm literally laughing out loud, which is why I've written ha, 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 which just doesn't come. I can't force the laughter. Ha, 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 ha. But like, it's a bit like Manowar where you've got motorbike. It's like you've got to choose motorbikes or swords and sorcery. You can't get Gollum on the motorbike and have Gandalf steal your girlfriend who's, Liv Tyler's, you know, it just doesn't work. You but you to, can if you're Led Zeppelin. But you still can't, and that's why Led Zeppelin's lyrics, are, I love Led Zeppelin, but when they, the one where Gollum steals his girlfriend, it's like, come on. And Gollum, Gollum, 
give me a second. Like, no, Robert, just eat, at least do them in different songs, man. At least keep the blues to the blues and then do Gimli and Frodo in the Gimli Frodo song. Like, you can't, Frodo did not come to your house and steal your woman who was your back door met. Like, it doesn't work, basically. But because it doesn't work, and they know that, and that's the whole point, this does work because that's what the joke is. There's a harmonica solo, and this is the whole thing, man. It's like they're, it's cleverer and stupider than you, you would ever imagine because like it's like the whole thing. Are you Led Zeppelin or Metallica in the 80s? If you're Led Zeppelin, it still kind of all does go back to the blues with a bit of Silly Dragons and Gollum in there. But if you're Metallica, it's this new thing, which, yeah, they're influenced by Led Zeppelin, but it's this harder kind of, it's, it's actual metal as opposed to hard rock. So when you get something that's actually more metal, but has skiffle in it and blues and is a weird mess, and then you get a harmonica solo in it, it's like, oh, like they're crossing about nine lines in the sand here, but they're intentionally crossing those nine lines and it just makes a Venn diagram of brilliance. Because this was the problem with 80s metal, but they've solved it in one song by showing it up as being ridiculous. Completely, completely accurate. There is also a slide guitar solo by is that? yeah oh. by famed uh, session man Robert Waddy Wachtel. Who... Robert Waddy Wachtel. Wow. His Waddy with air quotes. Waddy, Waddy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, he's he's uh, worked a lot with Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Modern yeah, day songstress yeah. Beth Hart, Stevie yeah. Phoenix, uh, yeah, Randy well, we Newman, know, we know, uh, yeah, Richards, and yeah. the Rolling Stones. So he's been around, and yeah, I man. love the fact that we get to reference Skiffle for the first time. A lot of people don't realize that the Skiffle uh, influence in Spinal Tap, where they talked about it, was Jimmy Page first gained notoriety as like an I eight know. year old on British television playing yeah. Skiffle. Biological research will be what my career will be later. Well, maybe not. Maybe not, Jimmy, but let's not go there. That's but one, yeah. Uh, no, okay. I'm not going to make the joke. Uh, but stinking up the great outdoors, it is a, it, the fact that it's a jumbled mess. It's like that, that quote in Almost Famous, you know, the doors, yes, they suck. Yes. He, was a dr- he, he wasn't a poet. He was a drunken buffoon. Give me the guess who. They had the courage to be drunken buffoons. Which makes exactly. them poetic. That's what exactly. This yeah, and the other one is um, and the other thing is when people say American poet by Jim Morrison, that was like the last thing. I think it was an American poet. An American no, there's a thing called American poet, or it's a title given to him. And people say it's half right, meaning he's he was American, but he wasn't a poet. But he uh, I think, he was no, he was not. I look, I love the doors. Absolutely love them. Loved Jim Morrison, yeah. loved his vocals, loved his lyrics. There, he's a poet, then. I guess in the yeah. loosest sense of the word, there's no rhyme scheme. No. There's no. He, he, if anything, he I is guess. a drugged out imagist poet that goes on way too long. That'll do for me. All right, let's uh, move on to springtime. Springtime, springtime. What? What? Come on! What era of America is that? Springtime. Uh, that sounds like Wolfman Jack to me. I don't know who that is. Is that a brand of whiskey? No, Wolfman Jack was a very famous uh, DJ back in the 70s. Okay. He talked like this. Wolfman Jack is back with ya. All right, baby. Wolfman Jack is back with ya. Springtime. Stompy, steady groove. Stompy, steady groove. You have no idea how accurate that was, by the way. <laughs> was it? That'll do. Stompy, steady groove, getting a bit samey now. Is the song going on too long? But then they say, kiss my ass. And it is funny because they say, like like a lot of the American, all the British guys wanted to be American because that was cool. Like, hey, baby. And then all the, the American punks wanted to be British. So they're going, yeah, I really love you, but then you can kiss my ass. And it's like, just be you, man. Just either be you or be ridiculous or a bit of both. I don't know. Um, there's some John Lord keyboards. And then I'm not going to say the lyric. Um no, I'm not going to say the lyric. This, this, we're just probably better on not from to. that. It's probably better not to. Let's just, let's just move. Let's wash this down with something more palatable. Go on. Oh, we're not going that. We're not getting that. Uh No, I know you're doing your thing. Like, oh as yeah, well springtime. Yeah. It. You know what? I mean, 
this album would work best at about 37 minutes. I thought you were going to say at about 33 RPM, and it, I was going to say, why was it 45 RPM? But, um, <laughs> no, there's actually which, no vinyl release of this one. I said no. Well, uh, we should, it came, we out, it release came out in 92, so 92 is not yeah. a good time in America for vinyl releases. But you know what? It's... Uh, oh, yeah, well, but that's because they were melting them all down because mm-hmm. they weren't selling. They were melting them all down, all the old ones, and then just remaking them. So that's why... A lot of people moved on to CDs because CDs were the thing and they started to sound and they were thin. But anyway. Right. Well, this is where, this is when I got my first CD player. It was 1992. I got a Christmas of 92. Same here. We got our first CD player in 1992, man. Like, so there you go. I I don't think that makes us special. I think think everybody. No, I think that's just because that's when everybody got their first CD player. That's when everybody realized, okay, this this format is going to be the leading format. So we all switched to it. But, and it became affordable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Because it's so, uh, they started in 1982. Yes. Sony, Sony invented them in 82, and it just took so long for them to catch on. And there was a, I mean, I can remember even in 92, 93, 94, 95, people saying, this is never going to, this is not going to last. I'm sticking with cassette tapes, but whatever. Yeah, and then, of course, in 2010, we all go back to vinyl. And then some people go back to cassettes, and I've done cassette releases myself. Please do buy all of them if you love cassettes. But I don't on get the it. other hand, on the other hand, I don't get it, man. They sound terrible. The artwork's tiny. It's the wrong shape, and it's got a load of hiss in the background. But if you want to buy it from me I'll, and you love cassettes, I'll happily do that. And we do a cool Maltese cross. I'm advertising now. So, hi, I'd like my internet money, please. But um, <laughs> but no, but um, yeah. Look, basically, I don't get the cassettes thing now. There's a certain nostalgia to it back then. Just, I saw today that 2023 was the first year since 2002 that had an increase in CD sales. CDs are starting to make well, a bit of a comeback. I knew it would happen. I said this about four years ago. I said CDs are going to come back because it's going to just roll around again. People are going to realize that CDs actually, they do have the best sound quality. I know vinyl's cooler. I know Disagree. you get a bigger artwork. And then, well, it's different analog's different and better in some ways because it's slightly different every time and it gives a love it's like to me it's like varnishing a painting do you want the original like absolutely crystal clear thing that's the cd or do you want the slightly kind of varnished cooler version which is the vinyl so vinyl's cooler cd's more accurate that's that's what i would go with but we'll agree to we'll agree to we'll just have a fight when i come and meet you in missouri nick and we'll just <laughs> you know like um you know no no holds barred it'll be fine um so yeah what are we on now i'm sorry I, uh, my child just texted me asking what i wanted from my favorite hot pepper store so i had to answer that question and you said i'd like some oh. hot peppers please oh yeah uh, all right i'm gonna start talking so you you do that mute yourself man so oh. clem caravan we're on to clem caravan this has mysterious in parentheses as you would say santana vibes with like the, the whole jim morrison doors thing it's proggy rocky it's cheesy but it's cool it's like camel if you remember the whole thing with camel when basically they were getting courted by camel cigarettes and there were like all these guys that andy latimer from camel was saying that they're all these guys from because their first album is basically like a packet of camel cigarettes so they basically said let's work with you we can do this but they were saying things like we can call your next album a pack of 20 and he's like no, I would not like to call my next album Pack of 20. So we will not be doing this deal. And you may sue me if you wish. But, um, you know, I think they won that one because the, the Camel album still exists and it still has a font that looks they like They could Camel have made cigarette. it a double album of 20 songs. I mean... I know they could have done, but that's probably what the guys were suggesting. But then what's the next one going to be? Two Packs of 20 and please encourage your children to smoke. No, I think it would have so to be like, a carton at that point. Exactly. So then we're going, we're going wrong. But nice percussion vibes. I love this. Um, what do I love? Um, I asked the Sphinx for an answer, and he said, "Mum's the word," which means, which is what? Do you say that? Do you say "mum," not oh, "mum"? No, we mum's say "mum." Mum, mum is like "mum's the word" is like the only time we use that. Right. So I like that. It's 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 Iron Maiden. It's Camel. It's Santana. It's the Doors. To be honest, it's going on a bit too long and getting a bit tiresome, but it is cool. If this was track one, it would be amazing, but they've kind of done the joke to death a little bit now, I would say. Yeah. Go on, Nick, talk to me. Talk to me. Radio silence. Fill the airwaves. Fill the airwaves with... I'll carry on if you want. So then, so shall I just go on to the next one? No, no, I got I got I got All right, Uh, all right. So we're on Clem Caravan. 
Actually, Flame, give, uh, give me one Flame second. Bur- Let me take a quick pause. I'll give you exactly one second. Yep. Yep. Sorry, salsa emergency. Clam caravan. Uh, I, I'm just kind of tired with this record at this point, and we need something yeah. to to really spruce this back up. And, you know, maybe we'll get it on the next Spruce track. tree. Spruce tree this back up. There you go. Did you do that intentionally? No, I did not. That's uh, a Christmas tree. Uh, I buy scotch pines, but all right, okay. I try yeah, to buy scotch enough. pines anyway. <laughs> that's just you because might end of... up with a spruce. Right, Nick, I'll just carry on. So, look, we've got spruce trees. Are we going to pause? No, so, okay. Basically, Christmas with the Devil is next. It's big 80s plastic reverb drums with a steady, stompy groove. Very cool riffs. It's nice. I like it. But I didn't write much more about this because, again, it's really the same. We're on what Nick calls the, um, the what is it, the soft underbelly of the album. It's gone on a bit too long. It should have been nine or ten tracks, 35 minutes. And, you know, it's just, I feel it's just getting somewhat tiresome. And then Nick is going to say what he thinks about Christmas with the Devil any moment now when I can see that he's ready for this. Um, so he's given me the, the nod for that. I- Let's do it. Sorry about all that, everybody. My my family called me to make sure they got me the right salsa. It's actually kind of touching. Um, good, 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 good. But, um, so, so Christmas with the devil. I Duncan was talking. I was not listening. I was, I, and I apologize if I repeat anything he says. I am extraordinarily professional. This one, it's back to that classic spinal tappy kind of thing. I forget get what the track is on the first one where they like basically write this terrible retelling of iron maiden's number of the beast where they're singing about devils and and all that kind of stuff and you know and they really don't mean it and that's what this is they i mean it's it's a complete they they completely mean not meaning it exactly exactly yeah and that's what makes it great it's got that you know let that led zeppelin-y deep purpley kind of sound and it's it's a bit of a stomp. Yeah. It's fun. It's great. Yeah, sure. I think you. I think I'd probably slightly switched off by this stage. I'm sure it's just as great as all the rest. I just was probably going. Eh, had a lot of this. Let's just chill out now. But um, so what's next, Nick? Next is the hidden track, which is now leaving on track thirteen. Oh, that is hidden. How can that be hidden? Because, okay, well, I watched an official YouTube stream, so, you know, we didn't break any rules there. It's but, just um, listed as hidden. That's all I know. <laughs> okay, it's listed. Well, because they're, they're oh, okay, so that's the joke. As it would well, make, that's the joke. They put the hidden track as the penultimate track. Exactly. And then the four, track 14 doesn't actually have a name. Anyway, oh, I don't know. Anyway, so basically it's poetry like a jethro tull again like ian anderson or very much like ginger baker it's ginger baker going press red and warthog close down their shop or the one about the cup of tea do you remember from sunrise on the suffer bus oh my god i almost bought that the other day but no i don't it was it's a great album but it's like in america they can't make tea it is bloody simple oh my god get a cup you get a tea bag you put boiling hot water on it and then you stir it and add milk to taste. That is how you make a cup of tea. But in America, they cannot seem to understand that. That's what they say. So, um, yeah, it's about an old dying man, this as well, this track. So it's like we've got these psychedelic cream vibes who lied there forever. I like that because you can't lied that you say lay there forever. But um, lied there forever, telling lies. In other words, with a tube up his with a tube up his nose and a pee pee poo poo floating out of his no nose. Right, I can't even remember. But it's like it's it's ridiculous and it is hilarious. And I'm pretty sure when they say kite, right, K I T E. I'm sure one of the, the vocal layers says, let's just say something C U N T. I'm sure I could hear that in the background. Um, so it just you know these little like when um Queen did fried chicken at the end of One Vision, right, like, right, right, and you don't notice there's there's that word in there, and it's like yeah you're not gonna know it if you notice it and censor that word, but nobody will because they won't quite believe it was. It's like that. in Metallica's uh, Fuel, there's a line yeah. in that song where it's fuck a man white knuckle tight, and nobody ever noticed it. It's never been censored. It's still on the radio yeah. today as so- that. 
Same, same with yeah, Gillian Wells. We're getting a bit off topic, but Gillian Welsh, there's like um leaving the valley and fucking out of sight. But the way she sings it is leaving the valley and fucking out of sight. And it's like, yeah, that didn't get censored, so that's how you can do that. So there you go. But um and then at the end they say good night, and you think it is actually the end. Uh now leaving on track 13, it is a I don't know, a grotesque caricature of somebody's final moments in the hospital. And it I don't is. know. Eh. But I find I do find it amusing because it's so overblown and ridiculous that they're like, it's almost like they're saying, look, or you know, right, Monty Python, always look on the bright side of life. Right. You know, you've got them all being crucified, and it's like they're just having a laugh. It's like, you know what? I think they're trying to say, look, it's a bit like the thing of making a funeral a celebration. To me, it's like I don't see it as inappropriate. I think they're just, they're making light of something that actually, like if, obviously that's a horrible way to die, but if somebody has died, they're at I peace. Mean, really, like, that's they're the more peace than, ex- Exactly. Like, because you if, know, if you you've get died. to that point, you've gone a really, you've exactly. really run a lot of road. Exactly that. And that's the point. So, so to me, I don't find it inappropriate. I think it's just, um, well, it is well, what know. it is. We, we talk it out and we find new perspectives. And that's what the Department of Metal Antiquities is all about. We're going to get to Absolutely. the final track. And I'm going to give a little bit of history on this one in the movie, the Spinal Tap movie. The the film producer, Martin DeBerge, uh, played yeah, by Rob Martin Reiner, was yep. asking um, Nigel and David the first song they wrote together. And it was this song called All the Way Home. And then they sang it. And so here is the recording of All the Way Home by the Thamesman. That's it. Yeah, so I did write, yeah, because I don't think it had a title, but it is All the Way Home. I've written All the Way Home. Um, I didn't know if it's a bonus track or not, but yeah, it's the Thamesman, and it's just like the same thing. It's a cover of, I feel like I've heard this before, but I don't know if I've heard it as a kind of traditional sort of song or if I've just heard it on the movie, on the film itself, as the Thamesmans. Because I remember the Thamesman doing, give me some money. Um, Yeah, so it's just, you know, it's silly. It's silly skiffle. We've talked about the whole skiffle thing, and that's quite a cool way, quite a fun way to end the record. And and that's that from me, basically. Completely agree. It is a great, fun way to, to end this. And I'm just going to transition into sum up now. Obviously, we've had a lot of fun with this album. And in what these guys remind me of is they remind me of the the spiritual and stylistic predecessors to the Mighty Boosh. Every week on the Mighty Boosh, they would do a song. And every week, that song was a completely new style from previous. Yeah. And they were always really good at it. And that's what this is. They're really good at it. Unfortunately, comedic music has a shelf life. I mean, yeah. I have several of Weird Al's albums on vinyl. I listen to them once in a blue moon because once you've heard them five or six times, it, it gets yeah. a little tougher. This one, uh, it I'm never going to buy this one just because it doesn't have a vinyl release. If they released it on vinyl, I'd probably pick it up. But as for Spin It or Bin It, I would like to hear a lot of these songs again. I don't know that yeah. I would want to hear the whole album again. Well, while you're thinking that over, I'm definitely a spinner. I agree with you that there are a few tracks. I think I'd like to hear all the tracks again, but not necessarily all in one sitting. I think just basically treat it as a vinyl album and stop at about track seven, whatever it is, track six or track seven. Give yourself a palate cleanser, then listen to the next half the next day. Because I stopped. The second half to me is probably just as good as the first half, but it's the same kind of vibe. So... It's not a bin it. It's not the highest spin it I've ever had. But, you know, it's great, man. It does what it says on the tin. It's supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed to be overblown. I was surprised by just how good the production and playing was. You've enlightened me about the guest musicians. So it isn't just the, you know, the actors playing. But, um, yeah, man, for me, this is, look, it, it's stupid. It's silly. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. But if that's what you're after, then this is perfect for that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to call it a spin it. It's a low spin it because, and you're right, listen to half and then listen to the other half later. Not, so yeah, that's definitely a spin it. But 
Uh, I got nothing else this week. I have not. Thank you for listening. And Nick's going to say a spiel that I can never be bothered to say. And I should. Uh, let me try this time. Okay, go Please ahead. Please like, subscribe, tell everybody, tell your mother, father, sister, brother, cat, dog, uncle, auntie, everybody at the party that we are the Department of Metal Antiquities. And you listened to us so that I've got the line wrong. You listened to us so that we don't have to listen to our own. Go on, you do the last bit. That, that this has terrible. been the Department of Metal Antiquities. <laughs> we listened in case you didn't have to. Woo! Goodbye. <laughs>